sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hello and welcome to a Thursday. Live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 1. 59. That's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM, all across the Sports Grid Network as well. I am Ben Stevens. Plenty to get to here in our next two hours together. We bring you up until 11 a.m. Eastern Time, live right here on the grid. A huge Wednesday evening around the association. A big Wednesday night as well in college basketball. As of this moment, week 18 of the NFL regular season, the regular season finale is on as scheduled. We'll look at some of the early lines and we get some reaction from the Buffalo area coming up next here in our opening hour on TMA as we bring you the latest update on the status of Buffalo's DeMar Hamlin. But we start in the NBA, a big Wednesday night that also featured a big ball game in Chicago between the Brooklyn Nets and the Chicago Bulls. The Nets, the longest active winning streak in the NBA, the longest win streak all season long in the association comes to a close last night at the United Center in the Windy City. The 12-game win streak for the Nets is snapped by the Chicago Bulls, who win 121-112 outright as a five-point home underdog, snapping that 12-game win streak for the Brooklyn Nets. Chicago has been booked as an underdog now in seven of their last nine games. They have won outright in five of those seven. They are five and two both straight up and against the spread. All five starters for the Bulls last night scoring in double figures so although the win streak has ended at 12 consecutive games for the Brooklyn Nets does not mean that the Nets have not made up ground in the Eastern Conference because they certainly have here are the numbers throughout that 12 game win streak again the longest we have seen this NBA season the only winning streak that hit double digits so they had won 12 straight entering they still won 16 of their last 18 they had covered in eight of their last 10 entering last night you can see the offensive numbers and what they were able to do on the defensive side of the basketball and despite it was their first loss in their last 13 games Kevin Durant continues his tear the entirety of this year but especially on that 12 game win streak 44 points for the easy money sniper last night going over his points prop of 20 eight and a half you can see how the MVP odds for Kevin Durant have really shaped the season for the Brooklyn Nets that August 23rd date we put that in there specifically because it's the day that he withdrew his initial trade request that he issued this summer and recommitted to Brooklyn then just about a month ago 17 to 1 to win the NBA MVP now the fifth best price but over ten dollars shaved off a plus 700 number for Kevin Durant with the 44 he scored last night his third time this year scoring at least 40 points Kevin Durant is nearly averaging 30 points per game throughout this NBA season 29.9 to be exact he was averaging close to 29 points per game on that 12 game win streak so again KD the fifth best price when the NBA MVP at plus 700 Luka Doncic is the favorite Giannis Antetokounmpo in a wild game for Milwaukee against Toronto last night does post a 30 point 21 rebound and 10 assist triple double he has the second best price at this moment Jason Tatum has trailed off just a little bit and Nikola Jokic the two-time reigning MVP rounds out the top five Donovan Mitchell trying to get his way back up there certainly after his performance 
on Monday night. The 71-point performance for Donovan Mitchell that we'll look at in just a second here, or there it is on your screen. We'll look at some of those numbers and what it meant for Spida and the Cavaliers in his follow-up last night at home against the Phoenix Suns. But first, we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The opening hour of a Thursday on TMA, Sirius XM, Channel 159. All of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. So Donovan Mitchell on Monday night, a career performance. Just the seventh time in the history of the NBA, player has scored at least 70 points. The 71 that Donovan scored on Monday night, the most since Kobe's 81-point performance back in January of 2006. So how does he follow that up last night for Cleveland in a home game against the Phoenix Suns? He only scores 20 points, but he adds in nine dimes and six boards. And the Cavs win their third straight game, 90-88, in a defensive battle last night against the Suns. They do not cover as a five-and-a-half-point favorite, but it's their 25th win of this season. The total of 217 and a hook stays well under. The main story here, the Suns without Devin Booker for at least the next couple of weeks, they have lost 12 of their last 16, including four straight losses. So now we go from the NBA to MLB. A big signing late last night for the Boston Red Sox as they keep their homegrown talent Finally, the front office for the Red Sox finally keeping somebody in-house. They do so with Rafael Devers. The star all-star third baseman, an 11-year, $331 million extension. Homegrown talent staying in Boston. Rafael Devers signed with the Red Sox organization when he was just 16 years old. He is only now 26, entering his seventh Major League Baseball season. He has been an all-star at the hot corner for the last two seasons for Boston hit 295 last year with 27 long balls 88 RBIs you can see his career numbers in a Red Sox uniform batting 283 nearly 140 home runs and 455 RBIs it was a sign of change perhaps for that Red Sox front office again a lot of homegrown talent over the last couple of seasons have departed Fenway Park, not the case for Rafael Devers. They signed him to a big 11-year, $331 million extension. However, it doesn't really change the odds optimism for Boston. 35-1 to to win the American League pennant as of right now for 2023, the fourth longest price in the AL. We'll check in on what DeMar Hamlin's latest update is up next, live right here on the morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after. Live on this Thursday on SportsGrid. On Monday's show, our good friend Dan Fates was here to preview what was quite possibly the most significant game of the National Football regular season here in the 2022 campaign. A game that had huge playoff implications between two of the frontrunners to win an AFC conference title and potentially hoist the Lombardi Trophy in Super Bowl 57. Dan was here on Monday. He is here again on Thursday because, Dan, as we were doing on Monday's show, we were breaking down the game, previewing every aspect we needed to play the game in between those white lines. We were building the hype for what quite possibly could have been the game of the year in the National Football League. And then very quickly on Monday night in Cincinnati, the outcome of a football game meant absolutely nothing. In a matter of moments, 
The game became insignificant, and the only focus was on the health of DeMar Hamlin. We sincerely thank you for joining us here on this Thursday on the morning after. Yeah, anytime, Ben. So, Dan, we were all glued to our TVs watching the Monday night football game and then following along with that incredibly terrifying incident in Cincinnati. Midway through the first quarter, DeMar Hamlin, after tackling T. Higgins, stands up for a few moments and then collapses on the turf in Cincinnati. We were all glued to our televisions, but you were live there inside the stadium in Cincinnati. If it is possible at all, how do you describe the scene that you saw? Um... Yeah, it was probably about like 35, 40 feet from me on um, the tackle happened. Um, and you're kind of filming it through the lens of a camera thinking, okay, like it's it's an injury. Like, okay, a player's down. Um, it quickly became, and like I said, I'm sure you, what everybody has heard, what everybody has seen, um, you quickly realized it was something different um, and something that shouldn't be happening. Um, that, was, that was the first thing that really struck me was the sense of, the medical personnel and how how frantic it felt in the moment um and, and like I said to me it's it's still tough with the players reactions and I, i'm looking at them you know through my camera and, and seeing them in my eyes and then once we're finally ushered off the field um getting to see the network cameras and and, and the even closer close-ups uh than i had that's that's what's kind of chilling um and to me what was shocking in the sense of when the players came out to the field, um, you thought that it was going to be one of those, put your hand on his chest, everything's okay, he gives a thumbs up, he gets loaded in the ambulance, because unfortunately, we've seen players go off on ambulances, we've seen players go off on concussions, we've seen broken bones, we've seen torn ACLs, we've seen players in tears, and then the, everything goes on. And when I, when I realized that the players were forming a human wall around DeMar Hamlin so that the medical personnel could perform CPR and, and defibrillate his heart. Um, yeah. That's when it got real scary. Um, not only to see the reaction of the players, cause it's like, Oh, it's a split second reaction. Um, it was, it was scarier when you're like, that's what you see at crime scenes. Like that's what you see at, at those incidences where people are putting up tarps so that people don't see what, what's happening or taking place. Um, that was that was the chilling that was pretty chilling and then you know we we were ushered off the field um one of the media rooms is right by the bills locker room so you're kind of forced to go in there there's another media work room that's over by the Bengals. They're, they're keeping the tunnels clear um very frantic and you know and again not a medical doctor but i've listened to a bunch of them and medical experts and chief medical officers over the last 72 hours um what blows my mind ben more than anything is the fact of these chief medical officers have, you know, they're talking the morning after um, about what they saw and, and what they speculate, you know, happened. Yeah. Um, those doctors and experts had hours to prepare to be on TV. They had time to rewatch the hit, um, to have a sip of coffee, and then go on TV and give prepared answers. Those medical personnel in the field had seconds to act. And... Yeah. That is incredible. And again, some things are bigger than sports, Ben. This was one of them, and it was a man's life um, that was saved, as you know, as far as we know right now, on a football field in front of 65,000 people is astonishing to me. 
heroic efforts by the medical staffs on both sides to act in a matter of moments to help DeMar Hamlin. The latest update, Dan, that we have about DeMar Hamlin provides at least a sliver of optimism. The Buffalo Bills putting yep. out this statement yesterday. DeMar remains in the ICU in critical condition with signs of improvement, noted yesterday and overnight. He is expected to remain under intensive care as his health care team continues to monitor and treat him. Dan, we love having you on this show because of your engaging personality, because of how embedded you are with the Buffalo Bills organization and in that locker room. Can you give us a glimpse of what it's like to be around DeMar Hamlin, what his personality means to his teammates in that Bills organization? Yeah, quiet confidence, Ben. I, I think that's that's one of the things. Is again, this was a guy... I remember when he got drafted the previous year, not this year. Um, his Jordan Rooney was one of his his reps that I know has spoken for the family. Um, he reached out to me immediately and was like, "Hey, like, do you want to interview Demar? Like, he's this sixth round pick. You know, he's kind of had a crazy life. Um, you know, hardworking guy coming out of Pittsburgh. You know, and I remember talking to him that before he had spoken to the Bills media on Zoom." I was talking to him about what it was like to be drafted. Um, his teammate, Dane Jackson from Pitt was also on the team. They're brothers. They grew up through, through high school, college together. Um, DeMar saw Dane go off on a stretcher in an ambulance back in week two, like all these crazy things that, that, that have kind of happened uh, to DeMar. And this year, because of Micah Hyde's injury, he gets pretty much thrust into the starting lineup for a six round pick. Um, it's been really cool to kind of see him come into his own. Um, obviously, my wife's asking me, you know, did he play much? All these things. And she's kind of explaining to her the situation last night when I got home from Cincinnati. And I said, you know, the Bills have the two best safeties in the league, so he didn't really play much. But now he gets thrown into it. But Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer always talked about the unit last year and, and how great these sec these safeties are. And they would always talk about DeMar. And then he gets, the, you know, this, this spot, and he has this quiet – confidence speaks like he's been in the league for 10 years not afraid of the camera but not giving you a, a huge response you know like that like like how yeah. pro pros do it um that that's what really stood out to me um and then again his a guy if you want to know more obviously just the fact of his toy drive that he that he that he set up wanted twenty five hundred dollars to help give toys to to kids in the inner cities of pittsburgh that didn't have anything that now, last time I checked, when I went to bed last night, was over $7 million. So um, that's the kind of guy that DeMar Hamlin is. Dan, you know I'm a huge college football guy. I've enjoyed learning so much about DeMar Hamlin, a four-star recruit out of Central Catholic in Pittsburgh that had offers yep. from Notre Dame and Penn State and Ohio State and all these illustrious programs, decided to stay in Pittsburgh to have that impact on his community. Speaks incredibly to his character. Now, Dan, we have some updates that the Buffalo Bills are expected to speak to the media for the first time today. There is no playbook. There is no game plan moving forward yeah. for Buffalo and how to deal and cope with something of this significance. But we also got the update from the National Football League that week 18 is on as yeah. scheduled. Dan, it's probably a difficult thing to do, but how would you try to describe the team's mentality moving forward to end out this season? Uh, we, we hope to get a little bit more today. Um, we're expected for them to hear anything. We haven't heard anything officially from the team. Um, but I can tell you this. I know that football players are a different breed. Like I said, they see torn ACLs, broken bones, concussions, and they normally start playing again in five minutes. Um, I'm sure it's tough for some of these players to go back to playing football. 
And I think that's normal, as all of us that watched it, still shaking up. Uh, hand up, I'm one of those guys. But I think a lot of them, too, can use the escape throughout their lives of, hey, at least I got 60 minutes to go on a football field and kind of relax and, and escape everything. And I think somehow the Bills players are going to have to try and do that and play a football game in about 72 hours, which is going to be extremely tough while their friend's still back in Cincinnati. Dan Fates, we sincerely appreciate the time as always. More TMA up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Live right here, back on the morning after on this Thursday on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 1. 59. That is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the Sports Grid Network. It might be a different day, but we still have the jack of all trades live right here on the morning after. It is FanDuel's Tom Vecchio for the prop perspective of what he has seen this week on the hardwood and on the ice because he is, of course, that jack of all trades. Tom Vecchio, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on this Thursday on TMA. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a different day, some different sports, but I'm ready to go. You're always ready to go in whatever sport it is. Tom Vecchio is always ready. So Vecchio last night in L.A., no LeBron James for the Lakers, but they still pulled off the victory. 112-109 against the Miami Heat. The Lake Show winning outright as an eight-point home underdog, showing some optimism there. The Heat trying to turn around their season as well, Tom Vecchio. What was your main takeaway from the prop perspective and the showing the Lakers had even without LeBron, who has been on a tear as of late? Yeah, no LeBron, no AD as well. Obviously, a huge game from uh, Dennis Schroeder putting up plenty of points. Uh, I think it kind of highlights more of the inconsistency that we have seen from the Heat this season. You know, they're one of the teams that really should be competing at the top of the East, you know, especially what they've been doing over the past few seasons. And, you know, a a team that's been known for their defense just hasn't put it all together this season. Uh, You know, they're getting some big individual performances from Jimmy, from Bam Adebayo, from Tyler Hero in some games, but it's like never on the same night. They're never all on the same page. So I think this is more of an indication about the heat and, yeah. kind of where they actually stand among the East because the, the Celtics, the Bucks, the Nets all look really good and they have taken a big step back. One game above 500 only is Miami at this moment. A Heat team that has made the Eastern Conference Finals in two of the last three years. Bam Adebayo, 30 points, 13 boards last night. Jimmy Butler over his points prop that was booked in the low 20s. He finishes with 27. And although, Vecchio, we didn't see LeBron James out there on the floor last night, again, he has been on a tear here in year number 20. He has scored 40 or more points in two consecutive games, including 41 on his 38th birthday on Friday night in Atlanta for the Lakers. How are you going about your handicap of LeBron James in his 20th year, but without Anthony Davis in the fold as well? Yeah, it's, it's more about Anthony Davis. As soon as we got that news that he was going to be out for about a month, uh, you know, that's when, 
you know, we can look back over the past few seasons and look to LeBron's use offensive usage rate and how that changes when Davis is off the court. Obviously, LeBron's still going to be a high usage player, and you could be looking to him on essentially any night, no matter who's on the court and whether AD was healthy or not. But you know, that was the point that I was you know willing to buy into LeBron props more and more. Um, it's not necessarily the streak that he's been on; it's more the fact that right. like if the Lakers are going to be winning games, at least when he's out there, given what they had shown to this point in the season, like he has to push towards a triple double. And that means, you know, PRA props are going to be on the table every night. Two consecutive games for LeBron over 40. I misspoke, not 41 on his 38th birthday against Atlanta on Friday night, 47. He has scored 30 or more, including the back-to-back 40 pieces in nine of the last 11 for Los Angeles. And Tom, you said the biggest takeaway last night without LeBron out there on the floor for LA was the inconsistency from Miami, especially in this year's Eastern Conference. Incredibly stacked at the top. Boston, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Philly even progressing in a positive trajectory at this moment. So, Tom, how do you evaluate the top of the Eastern Conference at this moment? Uh, you know, right now, the Celtics are coming off a, a kind of a weird game. Um, it happens to every team. I'm not worried about them. I still think they're super strong in the long term. The only team I would have interest in on this board would be the 76ers at plus 900. I think that's where the most value probably lies. You know, it, it depends on if you think they can get it all together. Again, kind of a team that's like trending upward, but it, it's kind of at a slow spot where Harden was hurt and beat is missing games. Maxi is finally back in the line. If they're increasing his minutes, it's like, can they actually all be healthy at the same time and put it together and then show that they can compete among the top of the East? Because plus 900 is a pretty good number for them. You know, right. everyone, we don't want to be going to plus 200, plus 250, any of those short rods. So if you think they can compete, this is probably the time to jump in on Philly before they're fully healthy and like before they get on, you know, a big run. The Sixers, a home victory last night against the Indiana Pacers, but again, trending in a positive direction, getting healthier with James Harden, who's performing at a high level, Joel Embiid, and Tyrese Maxey now back into the fold for the last few games as well. You mentioned Boston the other night, Tom. They gave up a buck 50 on the road against the Oklahoma City Thunder, looking to bounce back in Dallas tonight against the Mavericks. The C's right now booked as a three-point favorite. The over-under standing somewhere around the 230, 230 and a half mark at this time. But it's also a matchup, Tom, not just between the C's and the Mavs, but two of the three NBA MVP frontrunners and Luka Doncic, now the favorite, and Jason Tatum with the third best price. So Tatum versus Luka, who has the bigger night? Uh, I'm going to go with Luka. It, it, it's tough to it's tough to fade him with what he's been doing as of late. These massive games where he's not just going for a triple double, but they're I- insane numbers. As you know, we've seen with the tenth Kumpo in his MVP years. Like it's just yeah. his night every night. He's out on the courts. Uh, I'm expecting an awesome game tonight. Close spread, high over under, plenty of back and forth action. I'll lean towards Luka in this matchup in terms of the one v one between him and Tatum. But actually, my favorite prop lies with Jalen Brown, and that's over six and a half rebounds. Seeing so an even money, which is always great. He's averaging 7.1 on the season. He's been over this mark in six out of his last 10 games. And, you know, we heard from some of the players uh, after that, you know, kind of weird loss against OKC the other night where they just, uh, they when they said, when they heard that SGA, Shea Gilgis Alexander was ruled out, they kind of just didn't come out with that intensity. And that can't happen tonight for this team in this matchup. So Brown, who's been consistent in this spot, is, is a player that, really should be bouncing back and rebounding, no pun intended, to grab seven rebounds tonight. 
Pun, pun very much intended from the prop perspective there, Tom Vecchio. We appreciate that. The Boston Celtics have now dropped two consecutive games, but still the best record in the East and in the NBA, 26-12 and 12, straight up at this moment. Luka Doncic, his points prop tonight, 34-and-a-half. Jason Tatum at 31-and-a-hook. Quickly here, Vecchio, Luka Doncic now the favorite to win the NBA MVP on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Is he your favorite to win the award as well? Uh, no, I'm still lying with Tatum. That was the player that I've had since the beginning of the year. The odds may not, uh, you know, be amazing. It's only, you know, plus 420 for Tatum, but still the player that I would I would take if I had, uh, you know, to restart at the beginning. Or go back to the beginning of the season. He's the player that I'm going to stick with. He's been the favorite pretty much for most of this season, except for the last week and a half after Luka Doncic has put up some crazy historic statistical performances. He's a jack of all trades for a reason, though, not just on the hardwood in the NBA, to the ice we go in the NHL in the best team in the league at this moment. The Boston Bruins, Tom Vecchio, uh, 62 points, a league best so far this season on the road in Los Angeles tonight against the Kings. The Bees, a slight favorite on that money line, minus 154. They have won 29 games, Tom Vecchio. What has worked so well for the league's best team at this moment in the Boston Bruins? Uh, well, they simply check all the boxes. They have great goaltending. They have great depth. They have great defense. Uh, they have high-end scoring. Uh, they did lose Jake DeBrusque, who's in the midst of kind of a career year for them. He has a, a fractured fibula, so he's going to be out for a while. Um, I st it's, you know, he's not one of their, their key players, but he is having a very solid year. Um, you know, they, they kind of got the band back together for one more year, as I like to call it. They brought back their captain, P Patrice Bergeron. They brought back David Krejci from Europe. Um, they kind of have it all, and I think that this is their last shot to win with their, you know, kind of core group. So um, I don't like them on the money line tonight. I actually like them on the three-way money line tonight, which means they have to win in regulation. You'll get better odds there. And ultimately, my favorite prop would be David Postronk, their best player, over four and a half shots, sitting at even money as well. He leads the league in shots. Uh, slow game for him in their most recent outing. That was the Winter Classic. It was outside. The ice wasn't amazing. Uh, he only had two right. shots in that game, so I'm not really worried about that one performance it's more about his consistency overall on the first forward line on the first power play a 2-1 victory for the boston bruins in that winter classic on january 2nd against the pittsburgh penguins at fenway park so now the boston bruins tom vecchio within the last week and a half the favorites to win the 2022-23 stanley cup for all of this year pretty much and in the preseason the reigning cup champs in the colorado avalanche had been the favorite now it's Boston with the best record in the National Hockey League. Vecchio, do you agree with the move, placing the Bruins past the Avs at this point? I do in terms of how they've been performing. The Avs don't look good right now, but they've kind of been, I mean, there's no other way to put it. They've been decimated by injuries this year. Um, they yeah. just got Nathan McKinnon back, their best player. Their captain, Gabe Landeskog, is still, still hasn't played this season. Uh, Val Nachushkin was out. They're missing... Evan Rodriguez, Bo Byram, the list goes on and on from there where they've had, you know, nine, ten of their starters out. Um, so I think it's a matter for the Avs, if they can get healthy come the, the end of March and they're ready to roll for the playoffs, they still should be a very dominant team. But with the way the Birds have been playing right now, which is absolutely amazing, they should be the favorites to win the Stanley Cup. So I would still have plenty of interest in getting in on the Avs, getting a position on them as long as they are in a good spot in terms of their health. But the Bruins have to be yeah. the favorite right now. The Bruins plus 600 as your favorite to win the Stanley Cup. The Avs a dollar behind at 7-1. to one. Tom Vecchio, only about 40 seconds left here in this segment. 
Give us one final play on the ice tonight in the NHL. Uh, that would be the Carolina Hurricanes, Andrei Sveshnikov, plus 176 to record a goal. Absolutely elite goal score on the first forward line, first power play. Uh, the Predators, they're going up against weak on defense, along the fifth most shot attempts. The Canes lead the league when it comes to shot attempts per 60 minutes in 5v5 situations. Sveshnikov is due for a goal tonight. The Canes minus 245 on that money line against the Preds. They had won 11 straight games. That was snapped, starting, trying to start a new streak tonight. Tom Vecchio from FanDuel, as always, we appreciate your time. We continue our dive through the NBA up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to a Thursday. Live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 1. 59. The hardwood handicap around the association we continue to go with one of the brightest basketball minds on this Spiz Grizz network. His name is John Shames. He is also one of the producers here on the morning after a great part of our sports grid team getting us set for what we need to know from last night in the association. Shames a guy and a look ahead to this Thursday evening as well as always. We appreciate your time joining us down there from the producers pit live right here on this Thursday morning. A pleasure, Ben. A, a little bit of sunshine in my rather dark morning down here right now. It's a bit dim here in the pit. I don't know if you can tell right now. It's a cloudy day in New York, but we're here to bring some sunshine and smiles on this Thursday morning, baby. That's all we can do. It was all sunshine and smiles for the Brooklyn Nets, riding a 12-game winning streak last night into Chicago against the Bulls. The streak has now been snapped. The Bulls winning by nine at home last night outright as a five-point underdog. But still, very good time for the Nets in general, John, because they've won 16 of their last 18 and, in fact, still 12 of their last 13. When you look at this version of the Brooklyn Nets, who have been on this absolute heater right now, James, where do you rank them in terms of the overall scope of the NBA? I would say the Nets are in or entering that top tier of NBA teams right now, especially as I think we're seeing a little bit of fall off from the Boston Celtics. I know we're going to talk about <sighs> that one in just a little bit, Benny. But yeah, the Nets right now playing as well as anyone in the NBA and their offense is absolutely spectacular. And Kevin Durant is really, let's, let's be honest, he's playing the best basketball of anyone this season in the NBA that is not named Nikola Jokic or Luka Doncic right now. And the consistency has been there for Kevin Durant, in my opinion, more so than even the, uh, the two guys on the MVP ladder in front of him in Jason Tatum and Giannis Antetokounmpo. So Kevin Durant has been sensational. And as long as you have that at the center of your tree there for the Brooklyn Nets, they're going to be able to make some noise in that postseason. I'm, I'm confident in Brooklyn right now, Ben. Despite the first loss in 13 games for the Nets last night in Chi-Town, Kevin Durant still scored 44 points, sailing over his pregame points prop of 28 and a half. Throughout the streak, John, he averaged 29 points per game. Now this year, pretty much 30, 29.9 points per game, and the fifth best price to win the NBA MVP as we look at where the movement has been since this summer when he recommitted to the Brooklyn organization. 7-1, to one, again, that fifth best number. But, John, do you believe that KD should be getting even more consideration in the MVP market? 
I think you have to put him right alongside a Jason Tatum. The two of them right now, in my opinion, Ben, and maybe we can throw Giannis in this category as well, though I think his statistic, uh, you know, his statistical significance is a little bit better. But Tatum and Kevin Durant, it's the two best scorers and the two best players on what could be two of the best teams in the NBA. So I think you're holding them to a similar criteria when it comes to this MVP race. Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic, those are two guys who were putting up insane statistical seasons and we're kind of waiting to see if the team's success follows suit. With JT and with KD, I think both of these guys is going to be a, uh, you know dependent on which of those two teams finishes higher in those Eastern Conference standings. And do either of those two teams take home the title of the best team and the best regular season record yeah. in the NBA this year? I think that will be really you know, what that MVP case is attached to for not only Jason Tatum, but Kevin Durant as well. I think it's a really good point when you compare those two and you correlate team success to individual success and what it means for the MVP award. Right now, despite a two-game losing skid, Boston's still the best record in the NBA, 26-12. and 12, And despite the 12-game win streak coming to a close for the Nets, still tied for the second-best record in the East and in the association overall, 25-13 and 13 alongside... Milwaukee the Bucks last night shames the guy a wild fourth quarter against the Raptors they had a 16 point lead with a minute and 50 seconds left in regulation Toronto comes all the way back they go to overtime Milwaukee pulls out the victory they have 25 wins as do the Cleveland Cavaliers a grittier game than what we saw when Donovan Mitchell scored 71 points on Monday night 90 88 the final in Cleveland last night the Cavs get a two-point victory over the Phoenix Suns a total of 217 and a hook stays well under you see the performance from the historic Monday that Donovan Mitchell had becoming the seventh player in NBA history to score 70 or more points is what Spida is doing in his first year in Cleveland Shames enough for the Cavaliers overall to be a true contender in the Eastern Conference I believe he is giving them exactly what they need from a team construction perspective to launch them into that conversation. And I, you know, I've come on here in the past, Ben, and we've talked about it. I'm a little hesitant to back a team that I've never seen that nucleus perform in a postseason situation before. So we're going to kind of be waiting on bated breath to see what Cleveland actually looks like in that situation. But purely how this roster is formed, you have those defensive guys, and then you have two guys who are capable of having these massive games. And I think that is really, you know, a main factor in launching a team into that elite tier of the NBA is not only to have the star, but to have a duo of stars who can kind of take turns going off and, you know, scoring in isolation situations in the playoffs. It adds such a level of offense to any team. So I think when you look at Cleveland, Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell forming that one-two punch, I would say the two of them together are enough to make me, you know, cautiously optimistic about the, the Cavaliers' chances here, Ben. No Darius Garland last night for the Cavs either, and they still pick up the victory. A team-high 21 points for Karis LeVert last night for the Cleveland Cavaliers. James, we're at this point right now in the NBA 
where pretty much every night we're seeing history. We're seeing a statistical performance that we have never seen in the long history of the NBA. Last yeah. week, it was the 60, 20, and 10 for Luka Doncic. On Monday night, it was 71 out of Donovan Mitchell. Even last night for Giannis in that crazy game between the Bucks and the Raptors, he goes off for 30 points, 21 boards, and 10 dimes. You look at the stats from a decade ago to what we are seeing right now in this new wave of player. I do want to mention Kevin Durant, the second highest points per game average at this point last year, or this point a decade ago. He is averaging more than that this year, 29.9 points per game. But James, as we look at this season, how do you possibly explain all these historic performances that we have seen so far? It is just mind-blowing to me, Bennett. And you kind of said it, right? We, we almost forgot about this 60-point triple-double that Luka had. We've forgotten about this 54-point performance that Klay Thompson scored just a few days ago. I don't even think yeah. anyone batted an eye at that. So this is the new norm in the NBA right now is guys putting up these massive, massive numbers. And I think, you know, you're seeing it with these props too, Ben. I don't think last year even we would have seen all of these points prop being hung consistently in the 30s for these, uh, you know, top tier and very elite scores in the NBA right now. But the thing that's really interesting to me, Ben, and, and I think this is kind of a, uh, a telltale sign of the direction yeah. of the league right now, those guys who are the top three leaders in points per game right now, most of them play on the inside. You have an interior you know, facing guys, right? Luka Doncic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, they get all of their points or majority of their points, we should say, from inside the three-point line. And I think that's really interesting as you kind of look at what this league has become, which has been, you know, kind of center your star with elite shooting around him and space that floor and then see what they can do with all of that room to operate. I think you're seeing that is the new archetype for success in the NBA, and it does not surprise me, Benny. There will be a lot of metric breakdowns for why we are seeing these historically high performances. One that I saw, Shames, is the usage of these best players. Luka Doncic is constantly out there for the Dallas Mavericks. We didn't even mention Giannis had a career-high 55 points earlier this week. The 14-50-point <laughs> game we have already seen this season in the association and our associate producer, Andrew Bacigalupo, in our ear, John, saying free throws, a big component to these performances sure. overall from a scoring perspective as well. And you mentioned where the props can only go. Luka Doncic, the NBA's leading scorer, his points prop tonight for a huge showdown in Dallas against Boston is 34 and a half. Jason Tatum's 31 in a hook. That is the expectation, James, for these guys on a nightly basis in the NBA regular season. But your Boston Celtics, you're a diehard Seas fan, on a two-game losing skin. They gave up a buck 50 just a few nights ago in Oklahoma City. What bounce-back response do you expect out of Boston this evening? It's going to have to be on the defensive end, Ben. And, you know, you're, you're surrendering 150 to the Oklahoma City Thunder, who let's not take anything away from OKC. They do have a lot of guys who can shoot and who can, you know, create their own shot as well. So not a team to be slept on offensively, especially when they have SGA in the lineup. But for the Celtics tonight, I think they're going to look to slow it down against the Mavericks. And this is a Mavericks team that likes to play fast. They like to push it up the floor, and they like to uh, you know shoot a lot of three-pointers as well. So I think it's going to be key for Boston to really lock down that perimeter tonight, not give up any easy threes and let uh, the Mavericks get hot. And then, of course, do what you can to contain Luka Doncic 
I mean, that points prop is just ridiculous, Ben. That's a little a little too high. Once you start hitting above 32, I start getting a little right. spooked, and I don't necessarily like putting any money on that. But Luka Doncic would not be surprised to see him have a big game. The Mavs right now are 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. The Celtics are slipping right now just 500 over that same span. So it's going to be a major uh, spot of importance for Boston to bounce back tonight as they look to right the ship. I'm not too confident, and I'm a little surprised to see them laying three as a, a road favorite here, Ben. James, I agree with your point about those points props. You have hit the upper echelon for the best players in the NBA. However, I would caution, don't just bet the under because you think it's too high. You're not going to make a lot of money fading Jason Tatum or Luka Doncic. Doncic, the favorite to win the NBA MVP, as we have shown you, less than $3, plus 280 Giannis, the second best price, plus 350 Jason Tatum, now the third best number. The two-time reigning NBA MVP, Nikola Jokic, has the fourth best price, James, at 5-1. to one. Boston, still the best record in the East, the best record overall in the NBA, but the Nuggets tied for the best record out west alongside the Memphis Grizzlies. Denver, 24-13 and 13 straight up. A five-point home favorite of the Los Angeles Clippers tonight. James, at this point of the season, what is your read on both these teams, the Clips and the Nugs? So I think for the Nuggets, it's my read is that they look sensational right now. And, and they really do look as good as any team on, in either conference at the moment, you know. And, and of course, when you have that, that bona fide superstar who can do it for you every night in so many different ways, Ben. It's like Nikola Jokic, every night he comes in and says, what does this team need me to do? He lets the game come to him. And then he does an exceptional job of keeping that Nuggets team afloat and giving them some wins. So I think for them, it's going to be, can they do it in the postseason? And we mentioned it. You need two guys who can score over 30 on a given night. Will Jamal Murray be that guy for the Denver Nuggets in the playoffs this year? That's what I am waiting to see. On the Clippers side, we know what it is for them. It's all about health and it's all about those two stars that they have and can they play together can they play well together that's going to be the key for success for the clippers despite very strong depth i think when you get to the postseason you need guys who you can trust paul george Kawhi leonard those are the guys for lac nicole Jokic tonight james the guy to record a triple double is plus 120 plus 120 that's it that's how short the number is for a guy to record a triple double maybe because he's done so in five of the last nine for denver shames as always give us some guns to say goodbye as we hit the break here on the morning app sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Rounding out our first hour together here, live on the morning after on this Thursday on SportsGrid, Sirius XM, Channel 159. That is the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Spiz Grizz Network, that is SportsGrid. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here live on this Thursday and in this opening hour. A main focus for us has been going around the association. A huge Wednesday night slate in the NBA. And right now... The Eastern Conference is absolutely stacked. Despite a two-game losing skid, the Boston Celtics still have the best record in the East and in the NBA overall. 
Brooklyn had their 12-game win streak snap last night, but still on a really good pace. Milwaukee is up there as well. Enter the Cleveland Cavaliers, and let's not lose sight on the Philadelphia 76ers. So who is the best team in the Eastern Conference at this moment? That was our question for you in Fade the Public. So who's the best team in the Eastern Conference right now? That was the question at SportsGrid TV on Twitter is where you can find this fade the public poll. A pretty even split overall be- uh, between the four options presented here. The Celtics have the ma- or most of the vote at 37%. The Nets, the next best at 32.5%. The Bucks just a tad over 20% and the Cavs round out this group of four at just about 10%. There was no other option for the Philadelphia 76ers, but I think they would probably garner around a similar margin to what Cleveland has at this time. When you correlate our fade the public poll to how the public might be betting the Eastern Conference odds, the Celtics remain the favorites. Less than a $2 number on Boston, plus 195. Milwaukee only 45 cents behind at plus 240. The Nets have screamed up this board over the last two and a half weeks or so, plus 410. The Sixers, the fifth or the fourth best price at nine to one. The Cavs round out the top five at plus one thousand. So that does it for the opening hour of the morning after live on this Thursday. But hour number two will be back is up next following a sports grid news update from Alex Vassan.